0: you have your Bibles today, turn back to um, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, we started last week a, a series that we're going to talk about uh, spiritual warfare and we're going to talk um, start off with uh, some pieces that God gives us some armor um, over the next few weeks and we're going to uh close out the series um, it, it, it's kind of um, funny god's already given me the the closing of the series and not not the the body of 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 each each piece we're going to close out the series uh back to uh prayer and fasting and being keepers um, and and watchmen and that is where we're going to stand on the, the wall and be intercessors so we're going to get back to intercessory prayer and I think that you'll see that in the text as we uh, go through Ephesians chapter 6. So before we get started if you will bow with me in, in prayer. Father uh, we are just crying out to you. Your creation is crying out and Father we are uh, humbly coming before you today and, and confessing that we have uh, gone off path, that we have allowed things to clog the, the well of living water. And, Father, we are, are asking, um, Father, that, that your spirit would come forth, that uh, pour out um, a fresh wind, fresh fire. We're asking to see sons and daughters rise up and proclaim you today. Father, we're asking for the dead to rise up and breathe for the first time. And, Father, as, as Proverbs 4, verse 20 says, Father, let our ears be attentive to you and our hearts receive you. Let us listen, Father, to, to what you're saying and apply it to our lives. And Father, just be with this, this message. Father, be with the reading of your word and just take control of every aspect. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Ephesians 6, and as you're turning there, I, I want to tell, tell you a story of, about the 1845 British Expedition to the Northwest Passage in the Arctic. It was led by Captain John Franklin, and there was two ships: the HMS Terror and the HMS Erebus. And it, they took 138 men to explore the Northwest Passage. But unfortunately, as, as most of us, they didn't prepare adequately for the the journey. They took a lot of things, uh, but things that wasn't really needed. You see, they took, uh, uh, upon this, this journey, for an example, they took 1,200-volume uh, uh, library. So Paul, for us who likes books, man, that may be a necessity, but it wasn't a very good idea for their journey. 1,200-volume uh, library. Uh, but they also took things uh, as in silver, sterling silver, settings and glass wine uh, goblets and fine dinnerware, and they, they only took an extra supply, about 12 days worth of, of coal. Mm, 12 days worth of coal. So it wasn't long before they get up into the, the Arctic where the weather started changing, and these dudes were in trouble. These guys, uh, their resources, they, they uh, realized very quick was not adequate for the weather that they was, had embarked on. Matter of fact, the, the ice had uh, begun to freeze the, the boat and around the boat, the rudder of the ship, And they were stranded and some of these dudes they went out to find help so they get in the boat and they they go up out and and with good intentions but guess what it was already too late they were doomed they were in exposure of high wind sub-zero temperatures and unfortunately 138 men died on this journey complete failed operation due to lack of preparation so they had not prepared for the mission properly. See, there are many Christians today who have never discovered their identity in Christ. And I think that a lot of us inside the church who enter the ranks of the church into service and discipleship, as we see even new believers of profession of Christ and uh, Christ in, in entering into the body, that they are not prepared for the voyage that is before them. And I think that is so important for us to go back to look at the spiritual battle that is, is ahead, the spiritual warfare that we are in. That's why I think it's so important to, for us to look uh, at Ephesians 6. And, and, and Christians today, we, we never discover our identity in Christ. We, we don't realize that we are chosen in him, that we have redemption in his blood, that, that we have an inheritance and our hope is in In Christ and that he has sealed us and through him we have boldness we have access we have confidence in faith and sometimes there's there's many that aren't even Christians but we don't accept our identity that we are created to worship him that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the eyes of God that we swallow the lie of the enemy and can I say again I said this last week and it's been a tough week but the enemy is a liar He is a liar. Listen, when when a person accepts Christ as their Savior, many times we get on board and we don't know what to do. We're unarmed. We find ourselves defeated. And and oftentimes you can find a person who has has lost uh, their faith, if you will. They leave their their faith because they never understood the voyage that was set before them. If we believe the truths that Christ has chosen us, sealed us, bought us, give us access to gather, access to come before the throne of grace, then we should believe that Christ is sufficient in his supremacy to fight our spiritual battles. Amen? As, as our, our classes in Hebrews chapter one, we learn that He is superior to the prophets. He is superior to the angels. So he is capable of winning our, ba- our battles. Right beliefs about God and who we are in Christ are essential for engaging the enemy. Listen, I, I, I wish that Jaylee, when I wish when I was your age and, and come to find Christ, I wish somebody would have taught me my identity in Christ. Instead of coming and walking a a certain way into the church house, carrying a certain Bible, wearing a certain dress and attire, I wish somebody would have taught me my identity in Christ. Man, I would have had a a whole lot of, of blood, sweat, and tears, Paul. I wouldn't have wasted all that time because I could have walked in victory. I would have had strength in Christ for what he did, for who he defeated on the cross. His blood that was poured out for us. I could have walked in his strength his truth and grace that could have been the the wings that I was flying with so many people never understand the truth listen they never understand that Jesus is the way the truth the life in John 14 6 They, they never really understand that Satan is a liar in John eight forty four. They never realize that if God be for us, who can be against us? Romans eight thirty one. So as we begin to dive back into the studies of of the pieces of armor that God gives us, we're going to look at truth. He gives us these these things to defend ourselves against the the wiles the schemes, the the tactics the plans the the strategy that the enemy has and believer or unbeliever either way you're you're under attack every day either to to be kept deceived and blinded or as a Christian to cut off the source of the living water the life source to get you out of his word to get you out of walking with him daily either way you're in a battle right So we need to apply the armor of God every day, every day. So if you will, with me, you guys are are asleep this morning. Let's stand and let's read some some scripture today. Let's look in in verse 10. We're going to read verse 10 through uh, 19 uh, this week. Verse 10 it says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tactics or the actions of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness in heavenly places. So, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand verse 18 i want you to watch this because this is where we're going to end this series right here that's going to tie all this back together and you're going to see that's bathed in intercessory prayer And being a watchman on the wall i want you to watch this praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplications for all these saints listen listen that ties in the first few verses is saying that we need people putting on the armor of God, intercessing on others' behalf, being watch watchmen for what the enemy is doing. Let's go back. Verse 19, And for me, the utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly, boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in that... In it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. As you're being seated, let's pray. Father, we acknowledge that you are the way, the truth, the life. Father, that you are the only way, the only access through the blood that was shed on Calvary to the Father. Father, we pray that we that we are listening to your truth, through your word, to what your spirit is telling us today. And Father, may we abide in it and apply it to our lives. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. It's been said in this, this day that, Truth is stranger than fiction. Truth is stranger than fiction. Let me give you some some interesting truths, and you 'll see how how the, the, that statement is true. Most animals don 't eat moss because it 's hard to digest, but a reindeer will fill up with lots of moss because it contains a special chemical which helps the reindeer uh, keep warm in, in icy temperatures. So moss for the reindeer is almost like antifreeze for a car. It helps stabilize the temperature. It keeps it from freezing and busting. It keeps it warm. It keeps it cool. So moss is a, is a, a good thing for a reindeer. Can I tell you that a lightning, I'm going to take his jacket off, guys. A lightning bolt generates more temperature, five times hotter than the sun. Do you know that? Five times hotter a lightning bolt. If you're scared of spiders, I got I got some encouraging words for you. (laughs) That you are more likely to be killed by a champagne cork than you are a spider. (laughs) Serious? It's truce? Brother Paul, here's one I found for us to, to try out. A thousand years ago, there was a man in Persia who had to make a long journey. He was an avid reader. And couldn't stand the thought of being away from his books for too long so this this guy had a hundred and seventeen thousand books so he loaded these these books up onto 400 camels and he trained them to stay in alphabetical order the whole journey talking about being in sync with what he's got sitting on the shelf man he he knew his books so all of these are strange but but true can I tell you today in our society Truth is something that doesn't hold a lot of weight. doesn't seem like it has a lot of, of value. See, we're constantly doubting in this society, that, that wondering if our, our kids are, are lying to us or telling us uh, the truth. We wonder uh, what we hear on the, the news uh, channels, uh, if they're, it's fake news or the, the debates or whatever. Uh, we're wondering, hey, is this truth? We're always wondered are we being lied to but what we don't hear a lot about is is this truth is this truth and we saw last week that the devil is a liar and he's constantly whispering in in sons and daughters that that telling them lies deceiving people believing that that the word is is false and, and getting people to believe that what is truth is actually fiction and what is fiction is actually truth. He's the father of lies. And in one way or another, he is behind of, of the deception in, in the world. So this sermon it has two basic principles today, two two things. Very simple. First, what is truth? First, what is truth? And the second, what do you do with it? Well, number one, the Word of God is truth. And as I said many times already, Satan is a liar, and the truth is not in him. In the Garden of Eden, he lied to Adam and Eve about the truthfulness of God's Word in Genesis 3. The patterns has not changed. Not changed. And to this day, The enemy wants us to doubt or to ignore God's word. He keeps telling us every day, is is that really God's word? Should you really be picking it up and touching it? Should you be tasting? Should you be feasting on that? Did God really say that? The tactics haven't changed. Listen to verse 14 again. In the text, it says, stand Therefore, having girded your waist in truth. I wonder if you have girded your waist in truth. I didn't say, did you know Jesus or do you know about him? I want to know, have you girded yourself with him? Put on the whole armor girded yourself this is actually no more more common as as the belt of truth it served as a foundation of the the armor that a soldier would would carry it would hold everything in place so if you lost your girl guess what you lost everything it was told uh, we, we see through history uh, through many great battles that have been won there was this clever general the enemy was sleeping at night in a in a, another camp and as the enemy is sleeping, the general, uh, he, he told his soldiers, he said, as they're sleeping, go and cut their belts while they're sleeping. The guy's was like, what? Cut their belts? He said, go cut the belts. In the morning, the, the enemy come to battle. Guess what? They couldn't fire their weapons. They couldn't hold their pants up. They couldn't reload. They couldn't do anything because everything was around their ankles. So guess who lost the, the battle? The people who didn't have a belt. So you could say that the, the, belt, the belt is very important, very important. We are told to gird with truth, face the enemy. Truth holds everything together. What is truth? What is truth? It's the Word. It's the Word of God. Ephesians 1.13, Paul says, In Him you also, in Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your, your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. So right there, he's referring to the word truth. The truth is truth that comes to us through the word. In, in another, in another uh, way to put it, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel comes to us through the written, revealed word of God. The word of truth. Truth, the Word of God provides support, stability. In in 1 John 2, it says, For I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the Word of God abides in you, that you have overcome the evil one. Well, we get strength through the Word. And the Word is abiding with us, dwelling within us. When we have the truth of God his word operating in our lives it gives us strength and stability but guess what you gotta pick it up you gotta pick it up you gotta open it up you can't rely on me or paul or another teacher or televangelist no you have a responsibility you have to pick it up you have to ask god to speak Through his living word, his breathing word. You have to be listening to what he's telling you. The psalmist wrote this. He wrote, your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. I remember someone saying many years ago, if you find someone whose Bible is falling apart, you'll, you'll more likely see somebody whose life probably isn't. This is because the Bible, God's Word, gives them strength. It gives them the means to pick up and go through tomorrow. It gives them stability. It gives them strength and support, supports them for battle. The Word of God gives us freedom and mobility. When the Roman soldier would, would wrap up their robes and tuck it in their, their belt, they could move more freely in battle. Jesus says in John 8, 30 through 32, he says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Freedom comes from the word of God. That is where we get freedom in our lives to run the race that is set before us, to fight the fight, to enter the war, to to join the battle that is before us. Vince Lombardi, which was the head coach for the Green Bay Packers, in the 1960s, they had uh, lost the NFL championships. Yes, and I'm not a, a Green, Bay, uh, Green Bay Packers fan. This just happened to, to fit. Uh, the coach went in as he took his 38 guys back to, to basics. He, he entered the locker, locker room as he walked in, and he was, he was holding a pig, pigskin. And as he held it, he said, Gentlemen, this is a football Am I moving too fast for you? (laughs) Listen, this is truth. This is the word. And I'm not saying that we need to get back to an old time religion. I'm telling you that we need to get back to the word. Okay, we need to to abide in the word. We need to walk in the word. We need to taste the word. We need to feast, feast. Back to basics. We need to get to where the Word is dwelling in our hearts, in our minds. It is foaming over. We cannot contain the power of the the Holy Spirit. It gives us strength and stability. It gives us freedom and mobility. And listen, if you find yourself consistently tripped up there's something missing. It's not the knowledge of knowing the Scripture, it's applying the Scripture. It's not how many verses you have, you know, but if you're tripped up nine times out of ten, you're missing an application of the Scripture. Number two, Jesus is truth. Listen, the enemy knows that if he can deceive us about Jesus, his, his word... He misleads us about every cornerstone of the Christian faith. Listen, apart from the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection of the Son of God, the perfect sacrifice, we are hopeless. We are hopeless. We must know. We must know Jesus Who is truth in order to wear the belt of truth? We must be certain that we understand who Jesus is personally. I'm not, once again, not about him, but know him in a relationship to where you're putting on, you're girding up. Jesus told his disciples that he was going to prepare a place. John, uh, Thomas asked the question, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus responds very quickly. He says, I am the way. I am the way in John 14. So, so what did Jesus mean when he says, I am the truth? I think a helpful way to understand that is like this. Jesus is the very embodiment of truth. He is truth in person. Man, that's amazing. His words, his actions, his thoughts are always right. There's no falsehoods or deceits. He is truth and life. And there's no other way to the Father. Jesus several times referred to the religious leaders as as hypocrites. You hypocrites, you actors. You look good on the outside, but you're fake. You're singing, you're tithing, you're 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 praying, you're doing all these things, but you're you're going through the motions, you're just going through the rituals. You're fake. Jesus knew that because he was truth. He was truth. And I'm sure each and every one of us have been in a situation, especially if you have kids, to where you get caught in the middle of two stories. This one says this, and this one says this. And you have to to uh, see determine who's telling the truth listen jesus never found himself in that situation because he is truth he who is truth knows truth jesus knew he still knows listen you don't have to be acting when you come through the back door because he knows you don't have to clean up and put on a mask he knows He knows the past sins. He knows your current thoughts. He knows your future actions. He knows. He knows the truth. He spoke the truth. He lived the truth. He is the life. And He still is today. Hebrews 4.15 says this. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who been tempted in all things yet without sin. Knows all things yet without sin. We, listen, most of us think about our temptations, and it's difficult to imagine that Jesus faced everything, all, the full range of our temptations, without sinning. He lived a perfect life. And today we can come in confidence in times of need. Boldly coming walking and and not listening to the lies about man do you know what a horrible person you are Jesus said I don't care I don't paid for it he says "When, when the enemy is saying that you're not good enough I don't have to be because he removed the barrier between us and the father to give us direct access that's the supremacy of Christ aren't you thankful He is truth. So when we, know, when we know what the truth is, what do we do with it? You have to do something with it. You have to do something with it. You, you must know the truth before you can apply the truth. Now you've heard the truth, let's apply the truth. You must know that Jesus, Jesus Christ is to be worthy. He is worthy to wear the belt of truth. He is worthy. And we must fasten the belt of truth. And when we, when we take the belt of truth and we put that on, we're saying that Christ has the final word for me. He is the rock that I stand on. He is the truth that I abide in. And everything else does not matter to me. Church, can I tell you that spiritual victory starts with truth? not compromising. Stand on the truth, not half truth. I like how Warren Wiersbe says this. Warren Wiersbe says that some Christians, instead of being like the man who built his house on the rock, he said some Christians are building duplexes. Duplexes, half of it is on a rock and half of it is on stand. They're trying to serve two masters. They're trying to stand today on the rock and tomorrow on the world. Guess what? You can't do that. Imagine if you tried to do that today. You you go to the beach, you build half of it on the rock and the other uh, piece on the sand. Guess what? Half of it's going to float away. If not, tear the whole thing down. You can't do that. You can't build duplexes. He said either you're all in or all out. All in or all out. You can't serve two masters. Jesus wants people with integrity. Can I say that again? Integrity. He doesn't want us to be double minded. James tells us that a double minded man is what? Unstable in all of his weights. Can you guys think back and remember back to sixth and seventh grade? Because I had a hard time. Ms. Phillips, I had to go back and look this back up. I had a hard time thinking back that far. Sixth and seventh grade math. Oh, man, what a struggle. The difference between an integer and a fraction. A fraction is part of a number. It's a .5 or a half or one-fourth or or a third. But do you remember what an integer is? It's the what? Whole. Integrity is what? Whole. It's wholehearted. That's what it means. It's whole. It means a heart that is uh, integrated integrated a whole it is complete it is put together so as you said today are you wholehearted? are we truly standing on the truth of jesus first peter 1 says therefore gird up your loins gird up the loins of your mind be sober be sober rest your hope fully upon the grace that is that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. A man of integrity with a clear conscience. Standing in truth in the face of the enemy. Not wavering, not bowing down, not bowing. Standing on the truth. The practice of truth. We must practice our sincerity versus hypocrisy. Having a, a pure heart, a true heart, genuine, authentic. It means that, that we're, we are who we say that, that we are. That means that who you are on Sunday morning, that I see you're the same person Sunday night and through the week with your family. The same person that that you see me at the platform, I must be the same person uh, the the rest of my life. Behind the scenes, if you will. When the curtain unfolds, there's no surprises. Right? That we're real. That we're single-minded. We are focused on giving our lives to the Lord. That he is our heart's desire. I love the words of Joshua 24, 14, where it says this. It says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in in, in, uh, sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the, the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. He said, put away the things of the past. Be real. Jesus said that we have a single mind. A single I. That's what Paul's saying. A singular desire that we would know Christ, please Christ, to make Him known to others. That's that's the heartbeat of the Christian life—to make Him known to others, to live authentic. Are we submerging ourselves in the present, in His Word? Do you love the Lord thy God? Do you love people? John, John says that you can't love God and not love your neighbor. Psalms eighty six eleven says, Teach me, teach me your way, O Lord, that I might walk in your truth and unite, unite my heart to fear your name. I I like that song, that that Proverbs 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Are we drawing attention to what God's telling us? We must give the truth to others. The belt of truth is not just about what we think we believe but when we put on that belt of truth it's an action it's pushing us to the to the world it's pushing us to spread the gospel it doesn't mean listen it doesn't mean that, that you, we're, we're to go up on the sidewalk and take the, the Bible and just beat somebody over saying hey repent or you're going to hell now I'm not saying that God still won't use that t- today but he says to fly in grace and truth grace and truth so you can love somebody to truth amen because christ loved us so much he showed us truth you can love somebody to truth are we standing on truth sharing the knowledge of truth listen that's the great commission that's where it comes in that's how we go therefore and they can see us standing and abiding in truth where we're putting on the armor of God and we're living out truth we're practicing the truth we know the truth that we possess that the world knows that we are different that they say hey I want what they have love them because here's the love here's the truth That for God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for them, to die for me, to save them from their sins. That's truth. And if they accept Jesus as their savior, they shall not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, that's truth. That they see through our testimony that we have accepted the truth and he who lives in us is greater than the world and there we're walking in victory and we're showing love that we are preserved that we are sealed that we are a soldier in the Lord's army so as I come to the close the point of this is, it, sermon is real simple Really simple truth is not found in the world it's not found in a help book it's not found in the newspapers it's not found on on the, the television news listen it's found in Jesus it's found in the living Word of God and listen can I tell you anything today? Here, here's the best news I can tell you. If you're not a Christian, you can be today. Now listen, we're born into a world of sin, that we are inherited this sin nature. But there's a remedy, and his name is Jesus. And he was crucified on a cross for you. And if you believe his payment, his sacrifice, the blood on the cross was shed for you, and you accept that, you believe he rose again, you may have everlasting life. It's it's for you, though. It's personal. You have to accept that. But can I tell you that there's others in the building today that say they're Christians and proclaim to be Christians, and they know the truth, but they're not wearing the truth. They're not buckled in. They're not engaged. Can I tell you that today is the day to come join the battle? To come enter the race. Are you standing in truth? And some's going to say, well, well. The world is full of truth and this is all lies. Mm, 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 mm. You know, scientifically, Brother Paul, you know that there's more uh, science evidence that proves the death burial and resurrection of christ and it takes more faith for for you not to believe than it does for you to believe and if that's your choice today if you deny christ today as your lord and savior and you go out the back door and that's your final call this is the only paradise you're going to ever know on the next side you you get to encounter christ it's it's going to say this johnny depart from me and it's going to be a sentence of eternal punishment Mm -mm -mm. If you would stand with me, we're going to enter a a time of invitation. Alicia, come on forward, you guys. If you bow your heads and close your eyes, My, my prayer is, church, today that christian non-christian believer unbeliever that we can say that we are putting on the belt of truth that we are prepared for battle that we have accepted christ as our lord and savior and if we have not done so i I pray that the spirit convicts you and draws you to him today father we thank you for this wonderful uh word this wonderful passage that we see in your, your word father i pray that each individual in here knows without a shadow of doubt where their eternal address may be, heaven or hell. And Father, I pray that each one in here can, can hold their head up and, and uh, wear the truth, the belt of truth that you provide is Jesus Christ and proclaim it from the mountaintops to the lowest valleys. And Father, I pray that we can walk in victory and declare that the enemy is a liar. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he has no more hold on us because of the victory that's won on the cross. Father, I pray that you use this invitation, that you continue to use as we we go our separate ways and your, your spirit would come forth and continue to work uh, in, on the, the minds, the, the bodies, the, the soul, and the spirit of each individual here. And we ask these saints in your name. Amen.